0: Well, good morning everyone. We want to welcome you to the services of Grace Church at Franklin here in Franklin, Tennessee. We're located at 4052 Arno Road, just minutes south of Nashville, Tennessee. You can see our services on YouTube, Ustream, and Sermon Audio Video. We'd love to have you come and visit with us if you're in the Nashville, Tennessee area. On Sunday morning, we have Bible classes at 10 o'clock worship at 1045, and generally we have services on Tuesday evenings at 645. But this week, because of the weather, there will not be a Tuesday evening Bible study. We're expecting very, very cold temperatures, perhaps some precipitation, and uh, so we're not going to hazard anyone getting hurt. glad you're here today and uh, we're going to begin our services with some hymn singing led by Brother Joshua Walsh. But first, we're going to have a Bible reading and prayer, Brother Joe Moran.
1: Good morning. You know, in the scriptures we find And can receive much instruction, encouragement, and uh, wanted to read Psalm 100 and uh, to help us guide, guide us what we need to do today and every day. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Let's pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and this place that we might come together as as your people, as the sheep of your pasture, to praise you, to honor you, to glorify you. For all all honor and glory is yours. Lord, just be with, with us this day. Bless our worship service. Bless the teaching and preaching of your word May we carry it with us throughout uh, the rest of the day and and this week, Lord, each and every day that we might look to you and call upon you to seek your forgiveness and your guidance and your instruction. Be with us this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: morning to all of you. Can you all stand up with me? It's 449 in the hymnal, To God Be the Glory. Let's see, did I get that right? 449? Yes. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin and open the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and let the people rejoice. So come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes, that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. Praise the Lord. The people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory. Great things He hath taught us. Great things He hath done, and great are rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But. transport when jesus we see praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice praise the lord praise the lord and let the people rejoice oh come to the father through jesus the son and give him the glory great things He hath done. Amen. Amen. Well, you all can be seated. Let's go ahead and sing one more hymn. 283 in your hymnal. <clears throat> Hope you all have had a good week. A little bit warmer this week than it's going to be next week, huh? 283. 283. <laughs> oh. How sweet the glorious message simple faith may claim Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same Still He loves to save the sinful, heal the sick and lame Cheer the mourner, calm the tempest, glory to His name Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to His name. He who pardoned, erring Peter, never needst thou fear. He who came to faithless Thomas, all thy doubts will clear. He who let the loved disciple on his bosom rest, bids thee still with love as tender lean upon his breast. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never, glory to his name. Glory to his name, glory to his name. name. All may change, but Jesus never, glory to his name. Mid the raging billows walked upon the sea Still can hush our wildest tempest as on Galilee He who wept and prayed in anguish in Gethsemane Drinks with us each cup of trembling in our agony Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Verse 4. As of old. Walk to Emmaus with them to abide. So through all life's way he walketh ever near our side. Soon again shall we behold him, hasten Lord the day. But we'll still be this same Jesus as he went away. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to His name, glory to His name. Glory to His name, all may change, but Jesus never. go ahead and finish our time together before we have announcements before the throne of God above are these screens up and okay perfect that one's off back there I may have to look over here before the throne of God above before the throne of god above i have a strong and perfect plea a great high priest whose name is love whoever lives and pleads for me my name is graven on his hand my name is written on his heart i know that while in heaven he stands. No tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there, who made an end of all sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me, to look on Him and pardon me. Behold Him there, the risen Lamb, my birth spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. One with himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by his blood, my life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. my God. <clears throat> Amen. What kind of blessed assurance is that, right? One with himself, I cannot die. Not able to. <laughs> All right. Let's have some announcements.
3: Good morning i like to add my welcome to that of the others to Grace Church at Franklin today. And this is an opportunity where we'll take a moment to mention a few prayer requests that we have. We wanna ask that this week, if the Lord calls these to your attention, that you would lift them up before him. We especially wanna to continue to remember Lee Barton as he undergoes additional chemotherapy treatments. We understand that these are treatments that he's gonna to have to have the rest of his life, but we're thankful that the Lord is continuing to sustain him. And to meet his needs and our prayer is that the lord would heal him completely from this we also continue to remember his wife judy that the lord would continue to strengthen her as she ministers to daily to his needs want to continue to remember howie smith Uh, larry smith we're glad to see Uh, is he here today No. okay larry's been sick all week uh with something and we just ask that the lord might be pleased to lift him up and strengthen him we also want to remember Shirley Murphy, Marie Dalton, see both of them here today, Sue Martin playing our piano. We also want to remember David Simmons who is battling kidney cancer and for Shannon Hazelwood's stepfather, Clyde Paragon, who is suffering some health issues. We want to remind you that there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer on the round table for those of you who may want to participate in helping prepare for the fellowship dinner every Sunday. Uh, feel free to sign up for that. <clears throat> And we also want to remind you that, or first announce to you, that the Ladies' Fellowship for February has been scheduled for Wednesday, February 7th. This will be at the home of Leslie Roberts and Dave Roberts at 11 to 1.30. And this will be a brunch, so you're asked to bring a brunch item with you. And the theme that they're going to work off of is Valentine's Day. So again, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer if you plan to attend that. Men's fellowship will occur on the same day at the same time, but it will be here at the church. And uh, if you have any questions or need any additional information, you can contact Dave Roberts for that. As our pastor mentioned earlier, for those of you who are not here, uh, we will not have uh, the, this Tuesday's Bible study due to the extreme cold temperatures that are predicted for our area. And for those of you who aren't aware, Anytime we have church closings, that goes out through our email distribution list, so if you are not on the email distribution and you want to be notified of that, feel free to get with me after services and provide me your email address. You also can call certainly any one of the deacons and elders or practically any church member who also receives those messages if you don't get them otherwise. Just as a reminder for those of you who know of loved ones or others uh, who live nearby you who do not have the ability to take care of themselves or may not have sufficient heat during this time, please check on them and and certainly in my role as emergency manager for Williamson County, reach out to me and let me know of those in need and and we certainly will see if we can provide something for them. Finally, uh, if you'd like to Support the ministry of Grace Church. There is a sign up sheet located, uh, or I'm sorry, there's an offering box in the foyer on the realm table that you can uh, put your tithes and offerings. And of course, always pray that the Lord might give wisdom to uh, the elders and deacons of the church as we use those funds for the ministry of the gospel. <clears throat> Any other announcements that need to be made, Becky? So in case you didn't hear it, or for those via the internet, we want to pray for Becky's mom. She's had kind of a a sudden onset of of dementia type, uh, I guess, behavior as a result of possibly some medication that she has taken and so we ask that the Lord might reverse that for her. Her sister-in-law, Delia, fell and broke her leg and is hospitalized. We want to lift her up before the Lord and also for strength for Becky as she continues to minister to the needs of her mama and now Larry and certainly her son, Nathan. Anyone else? Great, thank you so much.
0: Is this microphone on? I don't think it is, but we'll get it on here. We want you to sing with us.
4: We have come into this house, gathered in his name to worship him. We Have come into this house, gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into this house, gathered in. Concentrate on Him and worship Him So forget about yourself Concentrate on Him and worship Him So forget about yourself Concentrate on Him Man worship Christ the Lord. Worship Him, Christ the Lord. Lift up holy faith. Let us lift up holy faith, magnetism worship him. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in him and worship him. He is all my righteousness. I stand complete in him and worship Christ.
0: Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. Chapter 3. Good to see all of you today. And uh, I want you to be very, very careful during this cold weather. Right now, it's not too bad, but if we have any precipitation, if we have any rain and all of that, it's going to ice over and it can be very, very dangerous. Please be very careful. And I want to reiterate what Brother Todd said. Let us have your email and we'll keep you posted not only on uh, when we don't have worship, which is very rare, but also we'll let you know about when people are sick and other announcements that we need Uh, need, you would need to know about. Now, if you can find right in the middle of your Bible is the book of Psalms, and just past Psalms is Proverbs, and just past Proverbs is Ecclesiastes, Psalm written by David, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes written by Solomon. We're going to read the scripture, then we're going to ask the Lord to help us as we Study and uh, learn and then I'll teach. Chapter three, a very familiar passage. In fact, a group called the birds made a hymn, made a song, had a hit based on Solomon's words here. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend or tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. May the Lord add His blessings to the reading of His word. Let the people of God say, Praise the Lord. Let's sing our little song as we appeal to the Lord to help us. Father,
4: I stretch my hand to Thee, no other help I know. myself from thee, oh, whither shall I go, oh, whither shall I go,
0: thank you. You may be seated. This is the third of a short series of studies regarding the new year. In the first study, I tried to set forth the advantage of standing upon the promises of God rather than making resolutions in the new year. In the second study, I tried to give you an encouraging word that the Lord is able to restore. What the locusts have eaten. And today, I'd like to talk to you on the subject of about time. About time. How do we measure time? We've got a new year now. So we've got some more time. We're all here. How do we measure time? Well, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1... In verse 14, that God said, it's on the screen for you up there. God said, let there be lights in the firmament, that is the sky of heaven, to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now, we can only measure time by days, by nights, and by seasons. Days are marked by light, the light of the sun. Some of you right now have the light in your eyes because of the position of this building with with regard to the sun coming in there. We need to get us some. uh, Something up there that kind of darkens it a little bit for this time of the year. And the nights are marked by less light, the light of the moon and the light of the stars. Now, if we took a ride into outer space, if we went out a few hundred miles into outer space, we would quickly lose our sense of time. There'd be no rising sun or setting sun. There'd be no January and no December, and no spring, summer, winter, or fall. No time would be marked in outer space. That's very, very significant, I think. What year is this? What time is it? Well, this is the 14th day of 2024. Now 2024 is a leap year. And a leap year means we get an extra day, we get an extra 24 hours added to the year. February is the shortest month of the year, but this February, We'll have 29 days rather than 28 because it's a leap year. Every four years, we add a leap day to the month of February. If the year is divisible by four, unless the year is also divisible by 100, If the year is divisible by 400, a leap day is added regardless. I don't think we know what time it is. (laughs) If the year is also divisible by 400, as I've said, a leap day is added regardless. The last leap year we had was 2020. And there won't be another one until 2028. Some of you know about the Julian calendar. I'm going to talk to you about that on the next Tuesday night that I talk to you. Unless I decide to do it on a Sunday morning. Julius Caesar developed the Julian calendar. And then that calendar was set aside later. The Julian calendar was developed by Julius Caesar because he was so impressed with the solar calendar of Egypt. See, up till that time, Rome observed a lunar calendar. That is, they went by the moon. But a solar calendar, you go by the sun. So Julius Caesar got together uh, with his uh, scientist, and they created a calendar, which ever since has been called the Julian calendar. But then in the 1500s, the pope Because he wanted to have the time now called Easter. He wanted to have that in March. He changed the calendar again. And that's called the Gregorian calendar after Pope Gregory. Did you know that today in Ethiopia the year is 2016? Not 2024. Because they never adopted the Gregorian calendar the calendar that was set forth by Pope Gregory. Now babies, is anybody here born on February 29th? Okay, babies born on February the 29th, that leap day in that leap year, they can only celebrate their real birthdays every four years. Otherwise, on regular years, they usually celebrate it on February the 28th or March the 1st. Now, a person that's born on February the 29th, when they come of age, they cannot get a driver's license, drink alcohol, or sign up for the military until March 1st, unless it's a leap year. (laughs) Believe me, in my research, I found it's a lot more complicated to know what time it is than we might think and I hope to expose you to this. What is time? Well according to the American Heritage Dictionary and I think we're going to have this on the board and I'd like for you to leave that statement up there. I want all of you to look at that and I'm going to try to digest it for you. I'm going to try to explain it. Break it down. Time is a non-spatial If you're from Tennessee, you know how to say spatial. That's a spatial guy there. He's a real spatial fella. But this is spelled a little different. This is not S-P-E-C-I-A-L. This is having to do with space. A non-spatial continuum in which events occur in irreversible succession from the past through the present to the future. And the second definition, an interval separating two points on this continuum now just leave that up there for a minute Now, look at that here's what it says it says time does not require space to exist it is non-spatial secondly it says it's a non-spatial continuum a continuum something that keeps going it continues thirdly it says events occurring in time occur in irreversible succession one thing occurs after another and these events cannot be reversed or altered events that have occurred are designated as past events events which are occurring as present events and events which have not yet occurred designated as future events. Now the space between two points is measured in time. And that space between two points is called an interval. You see that second definition, an interval separating two points on this continuum An interval is a period of time between events, between states, between activities, uh, between moments. It's the amount of time between two given times. Probably all of you know about the spring equinox and the fall equinox. Maybe you don't, so I'll tell you about it. There are two times in the year when the sun is exactly lined up with the equator of the earth. The equator is an imaginary belt around the middle of the earth that divides the earth from the north and the south. Okay. The word equinox comes from a Latin, from the Latin language meaning equal. So the spring equinox and the fall equinox those are the two moments in the year in which the day and the night are exactly the same length. The spring equinox occurs in March and the fall or autumnal autumn equinox occurs in September. The moment just before the spring equinox is the last day of winter. The moment right after the spring equinox is the first day of spring. The moment right before the fall equinox is the last day of summer. And the moment after the fall equinox is the first day of the fall or autumn. Those things only happen very quickly in a split second. So when you see all this stuff on television about the groundhog seeing his shadow, don't pay any attention to it. (laughs) It has nothing whatsoever to do with Mr. Groundhog. So to summarize, what is time? Time is that reality that does not require space. It continues forever. It's in a continuous, irreversible momentum. And it is in, by, and through all events that occur. Now some of you have heard of Augustine who was the Bishop of Hippo. Many people say Augustine. In 354 AD, he was in Africa Northwest Africa, Algeria, and Africa. I want to read you, and just hang in there with me for a minute now. I'm going somewhere. I want to read you what Augustine or Augustine says. A little excerpt from one of his works called The Confessions, Book 11, Chapter 14. Here's what Augustine says about time. He says, therefore, he's t- acting like he's talking to to the Lord. He's writing like he's talking to the Lord. It says, Therefore, it is true to say that when you had not created anything, time did not exist because you created time. And there is no time which exists eternally with you because you never change. And time necessitates change. If time never changed, it would not be time. What then is time? I know perfectly well what it is, so long as no one asks me. But as soon as I am asked what it is, and I try to explain I am nonplussed, an old way of saying I'm at a loss for words. However, I can say with confidence that if nothing passed, there would be no past time. If nothing were going to happen, happen, there'd be no future time, and if nothing were, there would be no present time. So with these three divisions of time, Augustine says, how can two of them, the past and the future, be when these three divisions of time, when the past is no longer is, and the future is not yet here? As for the present, if it were always present and never moved on to become the past, it would not be time but eternity. Therefore, if the present is time only because of the fact that it moves on to become the past, how can we say that even the present is when the reason why it is is that it is not to be? In other words, we cannot properly say that time exists except because of its impending state of non-existence. Now, what kind of statement is that? What he's saying is we don't know what time is. What time is it? If I ask you, what time is it? By the time you respond to the question, that time that I ask you about has already passed, and it's another time. It's another point in time. Remember, time is non-spatial. doesn't require space. is continuous. It's an irreversible succession of events and states and activities and moments. So when Augustine said he knew perfectly well what time it is, so long as nobody asked him, he was underscoring a certain fact of life. I want you to look in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And Solomon knew about this as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart, in man's heart, human beings, the heart of human being, so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. Now, he says the God of creation made everything, including time. He created time. He says everything he made is very good. It's beautiful. He says that he has put a sense of time or eternity, some translations say, in our hearts. We are conscious of time. We can't do anything without being conscious of time. It takes time to find out what time it is. And he says that no man can find out the work that the Lord has made from the beginning to the end. That is, the world and everything in it cannot be figured out. It can only be experienced and enjoyed as a gift. From our Heavenly Father. Now look at verses 14 and 15. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. I know that whatsoever God does, whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nothing can be taken from it. And God does it that men should fear before Him. Whatever the Lord does, he says, will last forever. He says man can't add anything to the works of God, and man can't take anything away from the works of God. And he says one purpose behind this mystery in life is to teach man reverence for God. Now words like these tell us that the Lord has set up things in the way he has, To teach us to look to him, to seek him, to walk reverently before him. We are to understand that whatever we experience is not new to the sons and daughters of men. It has already been and it has been experienced by others. Look at verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 9. The thing that hath been... Is that which shall be, he says. I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Go back a couple of chapters. My mistake. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. The thing which has been, it is that which shall be, he says. And that which is done is that which shall be be done and that means that there is no new thing under the sun is there anything whereof it may be said see this is new no he says it has been already of old time once was before us whatever has happened whatever can happen has already happened before now what's the divine concept perspective on time. Here it is. This helps me out. I hope I can make it clear to you. What he tells us in the verses we've just read in chapter 3, if you go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, what he tells us in those first eight verses is that things happen when they are meant to. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Everything that happens on God's calendar happens on time. Happens at a certain time and happens at a designated time. That first verse may be interpreted like this. Everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. That's what to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven means. Everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. But what does that mean? Number one, it means there are no accidents with God. This is something that I say all the time. We have accidents, but God does not. Here's a definition for an accident. An unfortunate incident that happens unexpectedly and unintentionally, typically resulting in damage or injury. It can be looked upon as an event that happens, as we say, by chance. That is without deliberate cause. So you know what that means? That means that's an event for whence there is no cause or explanation as far as we can see. Perhaps in a court of law it would be said an event for which there is no known cause or explanation. Now, the Bible does allow for what we call human accidents. For example, Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 5, you got an illustration of two men chopping wood and the head of one man's axe comes off and hits another man and kills him. And the Lord developed what they call cities of refuge. If that happened, you were out chopping and the axe head came off and hit a man and killed him. You run to a city of refuge. And then they had rules about how they would find out what happened after that. That's Deuteronomy chapter 19. Then in 2 Kings chapter 6, you have another illustration. There's some people chopping wood and an axe head falls off into the water and the axe and the axe head were borrowed from somebody. It happened unexpectedly. It happened not by design, it happened by chance. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, he tells us if you happen, the word there is kara, it's a Hebrew word, it means unexpectedly. If you happen, upon a mother bird in a nest sitting upon her young or upon her eggs, you are not permitted to take the mother and the young if you happen upon that. Then in 1 Samuel chapter 6, the Philistines had been plagued with diseases and they were trying to find out if it happened by chance or if the God of Israel had something to do with it. You'll have to read it, very interesting, 1 Samuel chapter six. And this is what they said, they said, if it was a chance, did God do this to us? Or if it was a chance that happened to us? And they used the word "the McKay, which means an event with no known cause. Now Solomon says that talent and strength and wisdom and riches. If you're in Ecclesiastes again, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. He says that talent, strength, wisdom, and riches do not guarantee success. Let me read this to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. This is what the King James Version says. I returned and I saw under the sun, that is life in this world, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor of men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Things happen that you didn't plan for. Things happen that you didn't intentionally do. But there is a cause. In Luke's gospel chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ told the story of a good Samaritan. And he says a man was going from Jerusalem Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was robbed, and he was beaten, and he was left for dead. And then Jesus said this. He said, by chance, there came a certain priest that way. And when he saw that man that was wounded and almost dead, he passed by on the other side. He didn't stop and help it. But he said that happened by chance. And he used the Greek word, sugkouria, And it means unintentionally. In other words, when the guy, when the priest took that route, he didn't go that way thinking in himself that he might find a wounded man he could help. But nevertheless, there was a cause, a reason why he went that way. His going that way was not without cause. Now, in the world in which we live, it is not possible for anything to happen without a cause. Behind every effect is a cause. If a bullet comes out of a gun, somebody pulled the trigger. If a leaf is blown about, there's wind somewhere. Now I want you to remember the divine perspective on time. Not that there is no cause, but that things happen when they are meant to. And here's something I want to add to that. Things happen when they are meant to because God purposed them to happen. I don't believe that Abraham found Sarah accidentally. I think God prepared Sarah for Abraham. If you ever read the little book of Ruth, you read about her coming back from the nation of Moab, Moab, uh, the Moabites were cursed of God. But Ruth, when she came back with her mother-in-law, she went out into a field to glean, to pick up a few whatever was left after the field had been harvested. They left some things on the plants and poor people could go out and glean in the fields. And this is what it says in Ruth chapter 2 verse 3. It says, she went and she came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hap, her hap, H-A-B. She happened to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Now if you read the book of Ruth, you're going to see the remarkable story of how a Moabite woman from a condemned race comes into the line of Jesus Christ. All because she happened to glean in a certain field. There was a lot of fields she could have gleaned in. But she gleaned in a certain field because God was behind it. And he put her in that field. And they had a child. And their, their child had a child. And the next one was David. David, who's in the line of the Messiah, and the son of God, the Messiah, is called the son of David in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Why did Ruth happen to glean in that field of Boaz? Divine providence guided her. What about in Luke chapter 2? Why did Caesar Augustus call for a tax? You know what happened when he called for a tax? Everybody had to go back to their home base to pay their taxes. So there was a little fellow named Joseph and he was engaged to a woman named Mary and she was pregnant with a son that wasn't Joseph's son and she told him God has chosen me to bring the Messiah into the world and the Lord came to him and told him the same thing Joseph thou son of David. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Where does the Messiah have to be born, according to the prophets? He has to be born in Bethlehem. Beth, Beth means house. Lahem means bread. The bread from heaven has to be born in the house of bread. He can't be born down the road. He can't be born over here. He has to be born in Bethlehem. After two years, after he was born, when the wise men came, I think we got all three of the wise men here this morning that we had when we had that little play when Jesus was about two years old, the wise men came. And they came seeking him who was born king of the Jews. And they went into the city and turned it upside down and pretty soon the the noise reached a very mean man who was the head of that whole area. And... Uh, His name was Herod. And he told those wise men a lie. He said, now when you find that baby, come back and let me know because I want to come worship him too. Now if you look at the history of Herod, you would see he killed everybody in his family to make sure that none of them could kick him off the throne. And he would have killed the Lord Jesus. But they were warned, Mary and Joseph were warned later to go down into Egypt. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So this fella calls for a tax, which means that Joseph and Mary have to go back to his home base to pay their taxes. And where do you think Joseph is from? He's from Bethlehem. So they go all the way to Bethlehem. She's riding on a donkey, which would have should have called a miscarriage, except for the sovereign grace of God preserving her womb. And when they got to Bethlehem, they couldn't find a, a hotel or a motel. They ended up in a, a stall. And the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, just exactly like the prophets had said hundreds of years before. Everybody did what they wanted to do. That guy that called for the tax, that king that called for a tax, he called for it at a very unusual time. They don't usually have taxes like that, that time of the year. But he called for one. And Joseph has to go back to Bethlehem because he's got Mary and the the Christ, the Messiah, is born in Bethlehem just like the prophet said he would be. Do you think that king intended to do that? No, he didn't intend to do it. But God intended for him to do it. And then later, as I say, when the wise men came... And Herod said, when you find him, come tell me that I can worship him too. The Lord said to those wise men, don't you go back that way. You go home another way. Don't you go tell him. When he figured out what the wise men had done, he was so upset. That he gave an order that all children two years old and under, because it had been two years since Jesus had been born. He was not a babe in a manger at that point. Two years old. The Bible tells us very clearly he was in a house with his mother. So, two things happened. Number one, when the king was upset and sent out word to kill all of the children two years old and under, this is what it says. In Matthew chapter 2 beginning in verse 16. Let me just read it to you. Then Herod when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and killed all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under. According to the time when she had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy, Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. So what happened to Joseph and Mary? God said, look, you pick up and you go down into Egypt, and you stay down into Egypt until I bring you back to Israel. That it might be fulfilled which was written by the prophets out of Egypt have I called my son. You see they took Jesus down into Egypt and then after a time when Herod was dead they brought him back and that fulfilled another passage of scripture. Why did God purpose these things? Well this is where the rubber meets the road. He doesn't tell us explicitly, he doesn't tell us in a clear and detailed manner, but he does tell us implicitly, in a way that is not directly expressed, the reasons behind the purposes of God are called a mystery. The word mysterion, mystery, means secret, hidden. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, those things that are revealed belong to us. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 when the disciples asked Jesus why you teach it in parables he said because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given. So what does all this mean for us? Number one it means that time is extremely precious. We have a limited time in this world. There's a time, we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time to be born, verse 2, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2, and there's a time to die. And what that means is, again, from the perspective of the Lord, it means that there is a time that he has determined that things will happen as he has determined. And yet, and yet, All of us do what we want to do. We do as we want to do. We do as we please. And I'm going to suggest to you in just a moment something that I tell you about here all the time, the way to live in time. Time is a gift from our God and Creator. And for each of us, time is limited. It is not eternal. We only have so much time. Time is precious. We're now in a new year. When for us time is no more, we will have entered into an eternal state. We won't be in a place where the sun sets and sun rises, where the moon and the stars come out, where the sun comes up. We'll be in a place of no time. It may be, I don't know, it may be that we'll find that time is really eternity experienced by mortals but I know this time as we know it is marked by the lights of heaven and the rotation of the earth the second thing this this says to us or the third thing is that time is not a random thing it is not an accidental thing but these verses these eight verses tell us that time is full of purpose He says in verse 1 that everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. Many misread these verses. They think that it's telling us there's a time to kill people, there's a time to heal people. No, this is written from the perspective of heaven. There's a time that God has determined. A time that God chooses. The emphasis is not on us, but on the sovereign will of God. He, it is, he's the one who has established these times. And he says here that our birth date and our death date are determined by the Lord. Listen to these words from Paul. Romans chapter 14 Verse 7, none of us lives to himself, and no man dies to himself. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, both Christ both died, rose, and revived, or resurrected, that he might be the Lord of the dead and the living. So, my friend, here's what this means in the fourth place. It means you, whoever you are, it means you are no accident. You are here On purpose. You were born, and you were born at a specific time and in a specific place for a specific purpose. And what do you have between birth and death? You have time. How much time have we wasted? What can be done about it? The New Testament tells us we can redeem the time. Ephesians 5, 16, Colossians 4, 5, you can redeem the time. Let me tell you the best way to pass your time in this world. And it's something that I say all the time. And it is to live in faith. To live trusting the Lord. Wherever you are, whatever is going on in your life, whatever time in your life it is, some of us are nearing the end of our time here in this world. Some of us are very new to this world. Some of you are young and you have your life ahead of you, but... You're not guaranteed that you're going to live 60 years or 70 years or 80 years or 90 years or 100 years. So what you do is you live every day, every moment, trusting in the God who made you. When was Christ born? This is what it says. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Made of a woman and made under the law. When did Christ die? Did he not often say, my time has not yet come? Often they tried to kill him. But He couldn't kill him. They tried to stone him a couple of times. They tried to throw him off of a cliff. But he can't die that way. The Messiah must die on a cross. He must be nailed to a tree. Or he's not the Messiah. He not only has to be born in Bethlehem, he has to die at a certain place in Jerusalem and a, in a certain way. And when he had done everything that he had come to do, what did he say? It is finished. It is finished. He bowed his head and he said, "It is finished." Let me say this to you, as it was with our Lord, I believe it is with each of us. We're born on time. We're going to leave this world on time. Some of us are often late for appointments, but you won't be late for that one. Have you ever read in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27? It is appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment. It is appointed. You have an appointment. I have told this story many times but I'll tell it again. Read it years ago. One of the best illustrations that stays on my mind about a man that was over in Arabia and he was in a market and he was shopping. He was a wealthy man. He was shopping and buying things and he had some servants with him. And they would pick up what he said he wanted to buy. Money was no problem. And suddenly, he looked down to the end of the market, and there was a man down there, all dressed in black. He couldn't see his face, but something told him that that was death. He immediately left his servants He ran the other way. He went down to where they rented out Arabian stallions. He bought the fastest horse he could find. He got on it and he took off for Baghdad. As hard as he could ride. A few minutes later that fellow that was in black came up to the the proprietor that had sold this wealthy man some things and he said where is he going he said well he's going to baghdad he said that's good i got an appointment with him tomorrow at 1 30 (laughs) You, you can't outrun death the way to live your life is live your life like a child. That's what Jesus said. Except you become converted and become as little children. Little children are not worried about the time. They know mom and dad are going to make sure they're closed, Mom and dad are going to make sure they have a... a, a a bed to sleep in, they're going to have clothes on their back, they're going to have heat in the winter and air conditioning in the summer, they're not worried about it. The way we need to live our life is by trusting the God who invaded time. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him, without Him nothing was made, it was made. And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The God who created time invaded time in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he beckons to us and he says, Trust me for your time in this world. He made this world. He put you in the world. He put me in the world. Live in the world, looking to him, trusting him, learning about him, finding about him. You're not saved by what you do. You're saved by what he did. You're saved by works, but not your works, his works. You're not really saved even by your faith. You're saved by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for The best we can do is try to trust him during this time we have here on the earth. There's a time to die. We've experienced this time of being born. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. What time is it? Paul said it is time for us to awaken out of sleep. He said, wake up. The end of the world could be around the corner. I don't know. I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. I don't know. But I know things are in the world as a whole. They're as bad now as they've ever been. The world is a more dangerous place now than it has ever been. Because now we have technology that enables us to destroy the world. The entire world. We didn't have that before. May the Lord enable each of us while we have time to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. And then when you come to the end of your time, you'll be trusting in him because you've walked in your time with him. And you'll find that he will guide you. You'll find that he will guide you and things will not come into your life unless he permits them. And if he permits them, he says it's for your good and for his glory. All things will work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So what time is it? It's time for me to stop teaching. That's what time. Stand together with me, will you? Father in heaven, we call upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us, who gave himself for us, who was in the form of God, took upon himself the form of a servant, the form of a man, came into this world and humbled himself to all the things that we are subject to. Yet he lived in the world without sin. He's the only one, Father, that you have said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then you said, I am well pleased in him. Hear ye him. We ask, Father, that you'll help us to hear your Son, to hear what he has said, to look to him, to trust ourselves Our families, our children, our moms and dads, aunts and uncles to trust them all to you. We lay ourselves at your feet. We ask Father that you will guide us and direct us during our time here. We know that we have a time to die. We have been born. There will come a time to die. And we'll pass through that into eternity in peace if we are trusting in your Son. For you have promised us, he that believes on my Son shall have eternal life. He that believes that you have sent him, that he has lived in this world keeping the law for us and in dying on the cross to put away our sins, will have eternal life. Help us simply to believe that, to embrace it, to confess it. Take sides with you against ourselves.